Hey, you're listening to an Upbeat Rewind featuring Pastor Travis Hall on November 9th, 2020. Pastor Travis is the lead pastor at Life Church International in Atlanta, Georgia, and host of the Transformational Truths podcast. In this episode, we discuss all things purpose and identity. What would you do with your life if you knew you couldn't fail? And what in life bothers you the most? The answers to those two questions are tied to our purpose in life. And we go over that in today's episode. You're listening to an Upbeat Rewind featuring Pastor Travis Hall. This is Upbeat with beatboxer, musician, speaker, and show host, Parker K. Pastor Travis, thank you very much for joining me on Upbeat. I appreciate it. Parker, I'm really honored to be here. I couldn't wait for this. Man, I'm honored too. And and I got to say right out the gate here, thanks to Daryl Stinson for hooking up this interview and, and connecting you and I. I had him on the show and uh, still to this day, it's one of the one of the more sought after episodes. So thanks, Daryl, for hooking this up. <laughs> yeah, Daryl's Daryl's absolutely amazing. He's killing it, man. He's doing a lot to make an impact right now. And uh, we're all so proud of him and thankful for him. Absolutely. Uh, well, Pastor, I love to start my podcast episodes off with story, just to get to know you better and share yourself with the listeners. Yeah. Uh, so if you could, just a brief summary as to who you are and maybe what life was like growing up and how you ended up where you are today. Sure, I would love to. Uh, grew up in a blue-collar home. My dad worked for General Motors. My mom worked in manufacturing as well uh, in Saginaw, Michigan. I, at a very young age, went through some stuff. My parents were separated for a while. That was tough for me. I was only about eight years old. And then uh, eventually they, they reconciled and they began their own faith journey. And we started going to church at that time in our lives. Of course, my, my experiences were with, with faith, man, they were very uh, minimal and relatively shallow. So when I was 14, my brother was killed. He served in the United States Navy, and um, he was killed in a routine training exercise just after Operation Desert Shield. Uh, His plane collided with another plane about 60 miles off the coast of um, California. And man, that threw me into a, a really, really bad place. I was, again, my faith was spiritually very shallow. I was very bitter. I was angry at God. I blamed him for my brother's death. For about the next four years of my life, Parker, I just went on a rampage and uh, turned to drugs and alcohol and turned to a lifestyle that was, you know, really destructive, making a lot of bad decisions, um, dropped out of high school, uh, started getting into trouble with the law. And long story short, at the end of it, the bottom fell out of my life, man. I'd lost the relationship I was in. I lost the apartment I was living in. I was I was getting in some pretty serious trouble with the law. And I realized at that moment, I was 18 years old from 14 to 18. This was a span of about a four-year time frame. At 18 years old, I realized I couldn't go through life without God in it. And that was the moment of my life. Um, I was on Bay Road in Saginaw, Michigan, which is sort of the, the main road of that, that city. And two o'clock in the morning, we left a party. We had, we had some drugs in the car and uh, we had a loaded gun in the car. and um, we got pulled over. They found the gun. They found the drugs. And the next thing I knew, I was face down on the road, uh, nine millimeter pistol uh, pointed at the back of my head as they pushed me over the, the hood of that GMC Jimmy and said, if you move, I'll blow your brains out. And I remember looking over the hood of that car at, at my other two friends, and they all had the same 
situation. They had a gun to the back of their heads. It was a very tense situation. And I remember seeing my, almost like a mirror image, looking at my friends and I'm like, that's me right now. Um, I'm a, I'm a one wrong move away from the end of my life. And I just knew, I, I knew I couldn't go the rest of my life without God in it. And man, I, I began a relationship with Christ, um, about two months later, it was a journey for me. And, uh, man, the rest is history. Um, went back, uh, got my diploma today. I've, uh, finished, wrapped up my master's degree actually just this year. And I'm um, applying for my, uh, my doctorate's program, uh, in the fall and pastoring a great church. And I am passionate today about helping people, uh, discover their purpose. And so that's in a nutshell where I'm at. I've got an incredible wife. We've been married 20 years. We've got five incredible kids and man, I'm telling you, um, I'm a picture of grace. I don't deserve to be where I am, Parker. I don't deserve to do what I get to do. Um, but God is gracious and he's been very good to me. Wow. That's, that's an incredible story, you know, an, an incredible upbringing and uh, journey to get where you are today. Um, and I'm glad you answered that last question. <laughs> I was literally just about to say, okay, so this is a passion-based podcast, I guess, leading up yeah. to, to this, like, what are you passionate about? And you said that you're passionate about helping people discover their purpose um, which I think is really, really fascinating. That's a very good thing too. Well-intentioned. It's going to help a lot of people. Uh, to take that a step further, I know just in my research, like looking into you and who you are and what you do, something you've said that's very fascinating too is is you want to, and it, I guess mission statement for lack of better words, um, is to help people discover uh, and develop and protect their purpose. And yeah, so that's I, right. I want to get into that too, like what exactly all each of those three steps are, but specifically the protecting your purpose. That's kind of an angle that I don't think I've ever heard before. Yeah, it, it, it's an important attribute of purpose. I mean, I've seen a lot of um, I've seen a lot of people take some really good steps and make some great decisions in the discovery process, and if they don't establish the right boundaries in their life, they can actually derail their purpose and they can find themselves uh, either wasting time or losing time. And then they end up ultimately really, really frustrated. And so I think there's a few things you can talk about when it comes to protecting your purpose. I think, I mean, if you're, if you're going to be serious about protecting your purpose, Parker, I think you've got to start with relationships. Toxic relationships can be devastating to purpose. And uh, I, I think it takes a lot of courage to make the decisions you need to make in order to fulfill the purpose you were created for. And sometimes the most difficult decision is not to uh, protect yourself from relationships that just rub you the wrong way. I, I think it's some of the most toxic relationships in our lives are the ones that only tell you what you want to hear and what you uh, like to hear and not what you need to hear because that relationship and that voice will keep you trapped in a perpetual season of mediocrity. If we're really going to fulfill our purpose, we need voices in our life that care enough about us to tell us the truth. I always say it like this, you need at least one good person in your life who's gonna tell you your breath stinks. You know, you, you, need, you need that person who's gonna be honest enough to say, um, hey, I see something and you've got a blind spot that you might not see. Can I just speak to that? Because I think it's holding you back. Maybe it's the way you treat people. Maybe it's uh, a matter of integrity or character or, or uh, maybe it's a matter of um, ethics. But somebody needs to be in your life, I think, that, needs, that can speak to those those areas and say things you might not want to hear, uh, but it's going to help protect the purpose that you were created to fulfill. Got it. Well, and it's so important too for us 
to receive that information properly too, you know, not just it is. get offended at, at every little thing that's said. Yes, exactly. What, what are your thoughts on that too? Like how can we, I guess, better be receivers of that? Yeah, I, I think embracing a, a, a humble heart. I think cultivating humility in our hearts is the key. Uh, one of the most dangerous things you can do, the second most dangerous thing you do, I think, is start start believing your own press. Start believing all of the all of the good things everyone, you know, I mean, it's good to hear uh, what you're good at. I think, uh, you know, positive affirmation is great, but don't let it go to your head uh, to the point where someone needs to come along and deflate your ego. Uh, when I get too prideful, when I get hung up on myself, it gets really hard for me to hear difficult things. But if I can remain humble or at least remain in pursuit of humility, uh, I think that places me in a position to be a better receiver of hearing the hard things. Um, and and then the other thing I would say would be, um, listen, not all criticism is created equal. You know, there are some people that are just critical because, you know, maybe they're insecure and they don't like what they see you doing. Uh, there's a difference between somebody who is offering you constructive criticism and somebody who's trying to cut you down because they're insecure about your success. I think we need to be able to discern between those two, differentiate between those two voices. I think that takes a little bit of time. And I think people need to give themselves grace. You're not going to get it right every time. But I think if we can remain humble, um, I, I love something, uh, you know, I, I'm obviously I'm a pastor. Uh, you've introduced me that way. So it's not a surprise to your guests, but uh, there's something that a uh, guy in the Bible named Paul said, the apostle Paul said it this way, you know, don't think more highly of yourself than you ought to, uh, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment. And he's, we're not encouraged to think low of ourselves, but when I start to think too highly of myself, I start to think that I am beyond uh, reproach. I, I'm beyond correction. I'm beyond coaching. I'm beyond teaching, but we all need coaches, mentors, teachers in our life. I really love that. And I, I think that kind of, I guess, topic can translate over to uh, what we just brought up too about just pursuing our passions, developing passions, protecting passions. Um, you know, today I feel like there's such a, I don't know if this is scientifically right for me to say, but you know, like a dopamine hit uh, when you do something good and when, right. you, when you succeed at, at some point. Um, and I think once you get that dopamine hit, all you really want is that. And maybe that's not necessarily what you're called to do. And you just feel like, you know, when you when you spoke to that audience that one time, it felt really good. So now you want to be right. a speaker. And I don't know, I'm just rambling now. But what are your thoughts on that, too? Just like yeah. the, the process of, I guess, feeling good when you're pursuing something, but it's not yeah. necessarily what you're called to do. Yeah, no, Absolutely. Well, a couple of things. I think, um, number one, I think your purpose will always be connected to your dominant gift. And I think sometimes we make the mistake of assuming that we only have one expression uh, of purpose. I really don't think that's true. I think we can have multiple expressions of purpose. I think, you know, you take somebody who um, they like to uh, draw and then they like to sing and then they like to paint and then they like to write poetry. Um, and they're trying to figure out which one they should do. Well, really, it's all connected to the same thing. They have a dominant gift, and the gift is a gift of creativity. So I think understanding that it's don't try to narrow your purpose down to just one box. There's there's always going to be multiple expressions of purpose. So that'd be the first thing I would say. The second thing I would say is this. You know, Parker, I think a lot of times we think the worst thing that could happen to us is to fail. 
the fear of failure is the number one thing that keeps us from really discovering our purpose, which is the first step. You, you've got to go through the process of discovery. Uh, but the worst thing that could happen in life is not failure. The worst thing that could happen is for you or I to become successful at the wrong thing. That is far more dangerous than failing. I would rather try something, fail, and learn from it than to become successful at the wrong thing, to spend the rest of my life pursuing a career when I could be fulfilling my purpose. Everyone listening knows it's possible to get up every morning, go to a job that pays you, maybe even pays you well, but leaves you empty. You're miserable. You've got these golden handcuffs on. Like, I like the paycheck. I like the stability. But I know there's something more inside of me. I know that I'm supposed to be doing something else. And so I would really encourage people to reframe that thought that failure is the worst thing that could happen. It's not. Worse than that is to get to retirement and know that you never fulfilled what you could have done with your life had you just taken a risk, taken a chance, and taken a step of faith and really believed in yourself enough to give yourself permission to even fail, even if you made a mistake. I don't, listen, Parker, I don't know anybody that has fulfilled purpose or is walking in their purpose who didn't encounter failure on the way. That failure was an incredible teacher. And I haven't talked to one person that says they regretted the failure because it became one of their greatest catalysts for growth and fulfillment. Love that. I was actually on a call with a friend just literally 15 minutes before we started this episode. And he was saying, how can you know success if you don't know failure? How can you withstand yeah. what success will throw at you if you can't withstand failure? And so those are very, very good points. Uh, you said something that hits me personally really close to home, and that is being passionate or or having uh, you know expression of multiple purposes. Yeah. When I was nine years old, up through middle school and high school and even up into college, I lived and breathed beatboxing. And for mm. me, it was all about beatboxing, all about music. And then I had a video go viral. Well, today, you know, that whole beatboxing talent led me to a whole new, like, unboxing of passions uh, of doing podcasting and speaking and, and things like this that we're doing right, right now. And today, like, I've got so many people in my life still who who are saying, like, you like if beatboxing is what worked, you know, why don't you do more beatboxing instead of this motivational stuff? And it's not that I don't love beatboxing because I do, and I'm passionate about both, and I try to do both in my life. But it's a really interesting thing you bring up of balancing like what we love, but also with what works and, right. and what we should focus on. Right. Yeah, absolutely. There was a, one of my favorite stories. Um, uh, from, well, the Bible. I mean, there's a guy named Joseph. A lot of people have heard of Joseph, you know. Um, he had the ability to interpret dreams, but interpreting dreams was not his purpose. It was the vehicle that God used to help him fulfill his purpose. His purpose was to lead a nation. And I think if you only knew Joseph when he was in Potiphar's, you know, Potiphar's prison, when he was in this really confined space in his life, then you might think, oh, that's the, that's the guy that can interpret dreams. No, actually, interpreting dreams was a gift he had, but it was really leading him to his place of purpose. And um, yeah, man, I think we've all got to give ourselves permission to explore different avenues of, of, of purpose and gifting and ability. And, and sometimes what initially feels like our only purpose is really a vehicle that uh, it, it may be an expression of purpose, Sometimes it might just be the vehicle 
that helps us get to the place of our purpose, or maybe it's the key that opens the door that'll allow us to walk in our purpose. You're, you just use your own story as an incredible example. Uh, you had a video that went viral that turned into a whole bunch of different expressions that is producing some fulfillment in your life. And um, so uh, Daryl was telling me uh, just before we started this interview that, man, you're actually a pretty amazing beatboxer. And uh, I said, well, man, I've got to check this guy out. Um, but uh, that could be one of your incredible expressions of purpose. Uh, but it's also, it sounds like to me, it was an awakening moment for you that caused you to realize there's even more inside of you than you realize it initially. Yeah. Well, and I've, I've written this like in, uh, you know, just some sections on my website and I try to, you know, focus on this too in some of the speeches that I'm preparing right now. And beatboxing is something that I loved and was obsessed with as a kid. But what I didn't know is what I really loved was the awe-inspired smiles and faces right. that it brought to people's faces when I beatboxed. Yep. And same thing with music. I don't just love making music, but I love making people feel the emotions that music can help them feel. And so those things led me to a whole new like unboxing of, of purpose and unboxing of other passions that I have. And it's, it's really hard to kind of manage and balance all of them. Uh, but I guess to help some of the listeners too, how, like moving forward, how can someone know if they're, cause you mentioned this too, but like you don't want to get stuck pursuing the wrong thing that you're good at all the time. Yeah. How yeah. can someone know if they're, you know, pursuing the right or the wrong thing? Yeah. Um, that's a great question. I think two things, pay attention to the things that make you come alive and pay attention to the things that absolutely drain the life out of you. That is the most obvious ways that we can really lean into that. Uh, because the thing that makes you come alive the most is, is probably the thing that you're supposed to be doing, the thing that drains you. You know, sometimes, you're, sometimes you'll do things and other people think, oh, you know, you know how to do that. You should do that. Well, just because you know how to do something and just because you know how to do it, and maybe you, you even do it well, that doesn't necessarily mean it's your purpose. And sometimes people will try to kind of put you in the box of, of a skill you've learned, but a skill you've learned does not equate a purpose that's inside of you. And so I would just tell people, pay attention. What are the things you're doing that absolutely drain you? That at the end of it, you think, oh my, oh my goodness, I can't do this another day. This is draining. You know, if I do this one thing for 15 minutes, it's too much. And then the converse side of that is, what are the things you do that make you absolutely come alive? What makes you jump inside? What makes you, it energizes you. Like you walk away from it. You're not tired. You're energized. Like you can't wait to try it again, do it again. You, you, you did it once and you went home and you Googled it and you started to study it, research it. You're talking to your friends about it. You're talking to your family about it. You can't stop talking about this thing. That's probably a clue that you stumbled onto an expression of your purpose. Really, really love that. And I think it's so key. Um, especially today because you well you mentioned that you know people will put you in a box but i think even like within ourselves in today's world of finding your niche right like that yeah. quote or that common phrase finding your niche people feel like they have to put themselves all the way down into this one little corner of the internet where this is what they're going to do for the rest of their lives right and i actually am of the of the people on this planet who think that's a little bit toxic <laughs> and i'm yep. i'm definitely more towards just do like you know explore like you like you said and do the things that that make you thrive 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't, I don't want to go to my grave, Parker, one day with unanswered questions. I, I don't, I want to explore it. And if there's something more inside of me to do and to fulfill, if there's, there's more purpose in me, I want to discover it. Now, look, if it doesn't work out, fine. But at least I have an answer. At least I can say, you know what, I tried it. That wasn't for me. But along the way of the things I tried, I found three or four things that, man, they made me come alive. And I knew I was supposed to do them. Really, really good stuff. Just kind of on this same note, I think personal identity and value kind of comes into play. Right. Um, what is it that you value and what is it that's important to you? And do you know that you're valuable? You just hit on, in my opinion, the most important foundational attribute of discovering purpose, walking in purpose, fulfilling purpose. Because as long as you don't fundamentally believe you have value, um, you will always look for value in the things that you do. And here's the problem with that. It will never, Parker, it will never be enough. It, it doesn't, if, if a musician cuts multiple records and he's trying, he or she is trying to find value in their music, it will never be enough. It can go platinum. It won't be enough. You've got to find value inside of you. Now, for me, that came from my relationship with Christ. My value is eternally tied to him. It comes from within, within me. It doesn't come from my preaching or my writing or my, my podcasting or developing leaders or mentoring. I love all of those things. Those are expressions of purpose for me personally. But man, my value is not tied to those things. And that's really important because if you tie your value to your activity, well, if you have a good day, then you think you're really valuable. But if you have a bad day, and we all do, then suddenly your value plummets because, man, I failed. That means I'm a failure. No, it doesn't. It means you're human. I always say it like this. If you tie identity to activity, it will produce a life of misery. It is a roller coaster ride. Like some days you're up because everyone's telling you how great you are. And some days you're down because no one's, uh, there's no applause today. And, and you got some critics on Facebook and you got some critics on Instagram. And all of a sudden you, you feel like, you know, you feel horrible about yourself and what happened. Well, I tied my identity to the wrong stuff. I think we've got to anchor our, our identity to something more permanent, something a little more eternal than the stuff that we do. Because here's the truth, Parker, none of us can guarantee that what we're doing now is what we'll get to do for the rest of our lives. If an Olympic swimmer was, was paralyzed, they would not continue to be able to swim. And if their value was tied up in their ability to swim, they would feel like they've had none. But the reality is they have as much value as they have ever had because value is not connected to what we're able to produce. Value is connected to who we are. And in my opinion, our creator. Wow. That's awesome. And uh, I know we keep bringing up Daryl in this in this podcast, but he, uh, I think that ties really well with what he does with second chance athletes and and you know transitioning from from what you're going to do after sports, right? Because right. a lot of those athletes, I mean, this is a great example. That's why I bring it up: is a lot of those athletes they're tying their value to their sport, you know. And once yeah. sports is done, then they're they're confused and lost. Yeah. Well, I, well, I mean, and we're all in the same boat. I, when I first started in, out in ministry, you know, if I had a good Sunday, I, I would feel valuable. Um, if I had a bad Sunday, I, would feel, I wouldn't feel very valuable at all. And, uh, you know, I got tired of, you know, the quality of my Monday determined on how many great sermon pastors I got on Sunday. And um, at some point I realized something was off. My value was connected to all of the wrong stuff. 
Because listen, here's what I found out. If the applause of man uh, can make you, then their silence, it will break you. And so we've got to know, I think we've got to know who we are before we step on the platform, whatever that platform is, or whatever that platform is going to grow to. We've got to know who we are before we get there. Yes. And I feel like, uh, you know, I'm walking away from this episode today with uh, <laughs> a lot of stuff that I personally need to work on, you know, and I I think it's really cool too, uh, or really good too, just to point out that even if you've started something, it's never too late to stop and try to right. fig- figure out where things are at for Absolutely. you and, and focus on yourself and, and become the greatest you can be. And you mentioned too, you know, tying value and, and looking for something more eternal and, and having a relationship with Heavenly Father and stuff. That's really important because uh, it's really good to look forward and not backward. You know, I think a lot of people don't forgive themselves for things. That's and right. in order to really, I think, get there and, and understand your value, you have to let go of the past and forgive yourself. That's right. Yeah, that's uh, super important. The most dangerous critical voices in our lives um, are not the ones on Facebook. They're the ones in our own head. The the most dangerous voices in our lives are the ones that come from inside of us, the ones that tell us, you know, if you failed, you're a failure. The ones that tell us you can't. Um, It's the voices that convince us, try to convince us not to forgive, uh, especially ourselves. And I think those are some of the first voices we have to learn how to conquer. Um, unforgiveness, you know, especially when it comes to ourselves, you know, anytime we refuse to forgive, we're basically, um, building a prison for ourselves and, um, we kind of stay stuck in that place, but giving ourselves permission to forgive ourselves, move forward, uh, because failure is not final and we all blow it and we all make mistakes and we all make the wrong decisions. Um, but I'm really thankful today for the grace of God. It's the only reason I'm sitting here talking to you, Parker. Um, I don't deserve to be here, uh, but it's God's grace. And we, I serve a God of uh, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh chances. So, Yeah. It's, uh, you think about, you know, uh, for those who are religious, you know, we're getting a little bit more on the li- religious end here, but you think about what, um, what Jesus did for us and it made, made it so we have those almost unlimited, yeah, unlimited chances to get up and try again. Absolutely, yeah. Um, wouldn't uh, wouldn't be here without those opportunities. Yeah, and I don't know, um, we kind of skipped over it a little bit, just got right into the, the principles and stuff, but um, I guess from your story, you know, it's really fascinating, like, bone chilling what like the what you shared at the beginning what you've been through in your life and how you've been able to turn uh turn things around and end up where you are today is there anything from i guess that story that we could dive more into right now as to that we could translate over to advice for the listeners as, as to what they can start implementing today yeah I, I would tell people today that your past does not have the power to keep you from your future Um, I made just about every mistake you could make at a very crucial time in my life. And for all intents and purposes, it looked like my future looked pretty bleak. Um, And I just want to tell somebody that unless we give our past permission to, it really doesn't have the power to keep us from the life that I believe God created us for. You've got to give yourself permission to release what was. And also don't, don't, don't let yourself 
be held captive to the perceptions of others or the expectations of others or what people say you wouldn't accomplish, can't accomplish, won't do, can't do. Um, really, with all due respect, it's not their opinion that counts, it's yours. You've got to, it's what you believe about yourself. It's not necessarily what other people believe, but I will say this, other people won't believe in you until you decide to believe in you. And at some point, you've just got to decide that you believe there's something inside of you that's worth sharing with the world. Because I think all purpose is connected to people. All purpose is connected to people. Um, you know, a tree bear, bears fruit and then we all consume that fruit. Well, the fruit of your purpose ends up being something that other people enjoy. They consume it. They, in a good way, they consume it. It's a good thing. Our purpose is always connected to other people, Parker. And I think we've got to give ourselves permission to get outside of our poor perceptions of ourselves because of past decisions we've made and just move on and say, listen, failure is not final. Listen, I don't know anybody today that's successful that didn't have a past, didn't have something that they regretted and a whole bunch of mistakes that they made. And I think sometimes the perception is this, people that are successful are people that always got it right. Uh, that's simply not true. It's a fallacy. And it keeps a lot of people stuck. And they don't even want to try because they think that, that their idea of quote unquote success, well, that's for somebody else. That's not for me. I can't possibly accomplish that. That's for other people to accomplish. Hey, Parker, I was a horrible student in school, man. I was in high school. I was awful. And it, it was more of a social setting for me. And uh, man, I just wrapped up my master's degree and um, man, I got pretty good grades. And I mean, I'm just trying to tell people out there that who you used to be doesn't mean that's who you are. You know, we're in different seasons of our lives. We've got to, we can't step into the next season as long as we keep romanticizing about a former season or keep hold ourselves captives to an old season. Wow, that's a really good way to look at it too. I like that analogy. Um, when you were saying seasons, I immediately went to like summer, winter, spring. Um, but then when you said stay in a season or, or go to the next season, I started thinking of like TV shows. You know, we're right in, in that more in that kind of a sense, like we're in a specific TV show season of our lives and uh, we can't, we can't hold on to the past ones. That's a really good, good way to look at it. Yeah. I love that analogy, Parker. That's a perfect analogy because I think one of the things that keeps us stuck is we keep watching old reruns of our past instead of exploring new episodes of our future. Um, I think one of the questions I always ask people when they're in the discovery um, stage of purpose is what would you do with your life if you knew you couldn't fail? Because the fear of failure is the number one thing that holds people back. They don't, they just don't want to fail. They don't want to look foolish. They don't, because again, it's an identity issue. If I fail, that means I'm a failure. No, it means you're a learner. If you're willing to learn from the failure, you're just learning. Uh, so what would you do with your life if you absolutely were guaranteed that you couldn't fail? And that is a discovery question because that really begins to eliminate the obstacles of failure that we wrestle with when it's just, you know, it's just us laying in the bed in the middle of the night and we've got dreams stirring in our heart. The thing that seems to throw water on the fire is this fear of failure. I couldn't do it. I don't know enough people. I don't know the right people. I wouldn't even know where to get started. I'd be afraid to lose money. I'd be afraid... And all of those, all of the, those uh, fears just become these incredible obstacles that keep us from really discovering the things that make us come alive, that help us to fulfill our God-given purpose. Love that. And uh, to kind of continue that episode analogy too, just the self-awareness to know you're in an episode and to make it a good one and to make it great. Excellent. You know, I think... Yes. 
I think of uh, just the the year that this has been, uh, and the the craziness and the hurt and the trial and adversity that everyone seems to to be going through in 2020. Um, we like power is in our decisions, you know, and we we can make it what it is. Uh, I just released an episode. Uh, 60 days to success because today, as we're recording this, there's 60 days left in the year. And, right. and I mean, it's just, we can make the most of that 60 days and we can treat people with respect and, and be kind. And really that's what it comes down to as well. Like uh, just to try to see the bigger picture and not get caught up in all the little arguments. Yeah, man, that's an excellent, um, that is an excellent observation. I love the concept Parker of, just being aware that you're recording right now, man, you're in an episode right now. Um, you can't uh, do anything about the past, but you sure can do something about the future. You can make a different decision today and you can determine, you can determine today what the rest of the season is going to look like based upon decisions that you make. Now, not everything's in your control. Um, one of my favorite quotes is life is 90% uh, or 10% what happens to you, 90% how you react to it. I really believe that's true. I believe the attitude we embrace on the journey is what determines our ability to effectively fulfill our God-given purpose. Love that. You know, I love getting quotes from these episodes, and I feel like this one is going to have a lot of really good quotes, <laughs> good, good one-liners. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you. Is there anything else? I have this little segment, little quick segment I do here at the end, but is there anything else you'd like to make sure we, we jump into before we move on? No, I would just encourage everyone out there who's trying to discover their purpose. If, if they're still in that discovery phase, is ask, them that self, ask themselves that question. What would I do with my life if I knew I couldn't fail? Another question I would encourage them to ask themselves is what in life bothers me the most? Um, you know, Parker, oftentimes the reason something bothers us is because our purpose in life is to be the solution to that problem. Um, us developing ourselves is really us becoming the solution to a problem, the answer to a question. And there are people out there waiting for each and every one of us to step into our purpose because our purpose is going to fulfill a really basic need in somebody else's life. And asking that question, why does that irritate me? Why does that bother me when I see that? Maybe, you know, you, you see homelessness and homelessness just bothers you. Or maybe it's, uh, maybe it's uh, divorce rates in marriage and you want to see marriages last longer. Um, maybe it's addiction and that really bothers you. And you just, why does that bother me so much? Or illiteracy or you fell in the blank. Why does it bother me so much? Uh, or, or, you know, Parker, you're a musician, maybe bad music bothers you. <laughs> and you're like, man, music can be better. Why does that bother me so much? Well, maybe, maybe that's a clue that God left for you. The reason it bothers you is because your purpose is to be the solution to that problem. So I would just encourage people to ask themselves those reflective questions, write down some answers, and give themselves permission to take some steps of faith towards what they feel passionate about. Love that. And I'll make sure to uh, take those questions and put them in the description and, and up on the website and stuff so people can, you know, this is a podcast, so they're listening, but I'll put that up there so they can act, also awesome. see it and make sure that they can look into that more. Um, while, while we're on this note, too, before we jump into this last little segment, um, could you just tell the listeners more about your podcast and some of the things uh, that you're doing that they could hop on over and, and also yeah. consume. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thanks for the opportunity to share. It's uh, it's an honor to do so. Uh, we just launched a podcast uh, a few weeks ago called Transformational Truths with Pastor Travis. And really the vision of the podcast is to restore joy to everyone's life and leadership. We just think that there really is a better way to lead. We think that there is a better way to live. And we want to help people enjoy the journey. You know, I really believe, Parker, that there's a better way. I think if we can help if we can help people, if we can help leaders start well and stay well, we won't have to spend so much time on the back end helping them finish well. And so that's the vision of Transformational Truths with Pastor Travis. You can find it on Apple iTunes or, or wherever you consume uh, your podcast, Spotify or, or Google. Um, and of course, my website, my personal website is cultivatemypurpose.com, uh, where you can find articles about the very things that we're talking about today. Uh, and would love to connect with people there. And the place that I engage a lot, though, is on Instagram, Pastor Travis Hall on Instagram. I'm constantly posting. I'm constantly trying to share content that I really think is going to be helpful to people. So I would absolutely love to connect with people. Awesome. And definitely go check it out, everyone. Uh, One thing, Pastor Travis, that I love about uh, what you do and what we've talked about on the podcast uh, and I'd went over and checked out your podcast too. Very good. I, I just think one thing I love about what you do is you cut the fluff a little bit. I say that a lot, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> you know, pursue your passion is something that's very, very, uh, you know, it used to have meaning, but it said so much now that people just hear that and they immediately check out. And I think there's a lot of people out there who talk passion and you're someone who cuts more to the core of it and like, okay, how can you actually you know, discover and develop and protect your, your passion and your purpose. And it's the, the core of it, not just like, like some fluffy, happy things for people to hear, but actual, you know, actionable mm. advice. Mm. Yeah. Well, man, that's, that's our heart. We really want to give people something that is workable, something that they can walk away with and put to work for their life. So thank you, Parker, for for saying that. That means mission is being accomplished. Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. And thanks for being here on Upbeat. Uh, This last segment, I call it the Upbeat Seat. And the whole idea of it is just to put the experts in more of a fun zone and and ask them some other lighthearted questions uh, okay. for, for the listeners. And then I clip it and put it up on LinkedIn and Instagram. So, awesome. uh, Pastor Travis, what makes you upbeat? What makes me upbeat? Um, it's got to be my family. Um, my wife of 20 years, she's my best friend. She's incredible. My kids, man, they're incredible. Um Love spending time with my kids. Love spending time with my wife. Um, if I could only pick one person to hang out with, it would be my. It would be Tina. It would be my wife. Awesome. And who is your number one influencer inspiration? And it might be the same answer. It might be your wife, but <laughs> wow, Tina is definitely. She is definitely an inspiration to me. Um, I think in the context of of purpose. I think in the context of like calling. Wow. Um, I would have to say uh, I would refer to him as my as my father in the faith. His name is Mitch Quarter. This guy he's spoken into my life uh, for many years. Uh, he's been an um, incredible blessing to me. And um, neither Tina or I, I mean, our family, we just wouldn't be where we are without his voice. I mean, he's just been incredible. He's he's a life speaking guy, man. He is a calling out purpose, calling out potential kind of a guy. So yeah, Bishop Mitchell Quarter, incredible guy. Awesome. Well, props to him. That's really, really cool that he's been able to help you guys. Uh, I love that question. You know, you, you find out a lot when 
when people share who their number one influence and inspiration is. Um, okay, this one's more, people take this one <laughs> multiple different ways, but what's your favorite word? Grace. Grace. How come? Uh, because within grace, it encompasses, it, it encompasses so many things. Um, it, it's, it's, it's because of grace that I get to do what I do. It's because of grace that I'm forgiven past, present, and future. It's because of grace that um, I'm not only accepted by God, I'm affirmed by God, I'm loved by God. It's because of grace that I have the life that I have. It's not because I've earned it. It's not because I'm good enough. It's not because I'm smart enough, talented enough. Uh, man, Parker, it is because of the grace of God. Love that. Uh, what's something that's happened recently um, that you're proud of, really proud of? Oh, man. Um, something that's happened recently that I'm really proud of. I, I, would, I would probably say the launch of my podcast, not to sound redundant because I know we just talked about it, um, but it's something that God put in my heart and in my wife's heart. And, uh, and Tina, you know, my wife believes in me like nobody else believes in me, man. And and she's been telling me for years, like, there's so much in you. You've got to find a way to get it out. Travis, there's so much in you. You've got to find a way to get it out. And uh, our team came together to produce this podcast. And man, uh, we're so excited for it because honestly, Parker, we just want to help people. And we believe that what we're putting out there is going to be helpful. So we're, we're pretty proud of that. And I'm pretty proud of, um, proud of our team. Awesome. Uh, do you, or, or I guess you and your family have any, like a favorite TV show you're watching? Yeah, man, we've got a couple. Um, so my wife and I, we love the blacklist, which is getting ready to, uh, come back around, I think in, in well this month. So we've been waiting for that. I don't know when that happened. I remember when I was a kid, you could always, you always knew when a new season was going to come, it was like September. And now you've got to wait eight months. It feels like for, <laughs> for, for your, your favorite series to come back. We like the blacklist. And then as a family, we right now are really digging the Mandalorian. And so um, we got to uh, experience that episode uh, Friday night. Awesome. I've seen the blacklist. I haven't seen the Mandalorian though. So I need to check that out. What man, you're <laughs> missing it. You've got to check out the Mandalorian. It's well, amazing. I'm one of those weirdos. I've never seen Star Wars. So <laughs> I don't know if I'd understand Mandalorian. Wait, what? <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. It's going to take me a while to get over what you just said. Parker, no. we've got to fix that. Okay. You've got to fly down to Atlanta, come over to the house and we'll just do like a, a whole weekend of Star Wars, man. We'll just, we'll get you caught up. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Um, I know we just covered this too, but could you share your Instagram handle again? Oh yeah, absolutely. It's Pastor Travis Hall. Pastor Travis Hall, all one word, lowercase. Find me there. I'm constantly posting stuff. Every day I try to share something that, that's practical and helpful. I try to do it every morning on my Insta story. And then um, I'll also post podcast stuff there and, and thoughts and stuff that I think is going to really be, be beneficial. Perfect. Yeah. Normally I say, share with us your favorite social media platform, but uh, you did, you just did just do that uh, a few minutes ago. So I didn't want to ask the same question twice. Uh, but uh, per usual, I, I close this podcast out by beatboxing the guest's name. Uh, so we'll, I'll go ahead and do that. We'll put uh, Pastor Travis into a quick beatbox. I can't wait, man. Pastor Travis.
<laughs> Man, I love it. <laughs> Dude, you got to give me a copy of that. That's amazing. Definitely. I always, uh, I was telling you when we first started this episode, it's important for me to make sure I'm recording on a different software because Zoom cuts out sometimes, but I, I got it recorded and I can send it your way. <laughs> Dude, that's amazing. That's incredible, man. What a gift. Wow. Awesome. Dude, I feel so cool right now. <laughs> <laughs> I feel a little bit less cool because I haven't seen Star Wars, but... <laughs> uh, anyway, thank you so much uh, for being on Upbeats. I appreciate it. Uh, I was honored to be here. Thank you so much for the invitation. This is Upbeat with beatboxer, musician, speaker, and show host, Parker Kerr. Subscribe at parkerk.co.